Hey, hello guys. So here we are, the 831 Podcast, episode 21, I believe. Could be wrong, um, but I believe it's 21. Um, joined by Nigel King on this one. Um, yeah, we haven't done one for a little while, so... We were back together because it's, well, right now it's officially my birthday. So Nigel decided to come and stay with me for the evening. Uh, the evening before we went out and had some lovely food. So, yeah, it was, um, oh, maybe t- episode 20, I think maybe this one. Um, yeah, so here we go. We're back. It's been a few months since we've been got together. So we did a nice little short one. This was one that I was hoping to put out as a video podcast live streamed on YouTube. But... I activated the live feed, the live stream on my personal YouTube, not the 831 YouTube. So the next one will be hopefully the first one. I may do some test stuff beforehand, but otherwise, yeah, I'm going to start trying to get these out as video podcasts. And I want to still try one a week minimum. Uh, So I'm going to start trying to clear a day and I'm going to start booking everybody in for a day a week. No matter what that day is, clear a slot and get people in. So hopefully we'll get them more frequent. As always, if you have any guests who you think would be good or you'd like me to talk to, send them my way. I will do everything I can to speak with them. And hopefully we'll get more of these put out and more stuff that you guys want to hear about. Um, As always, sponsor-wise, the podcast is forever sponsored by Trojan Nutrition and forever will be. They've looked after me my whole fight career, still continue to, so I will reciprocate and hopefully you guys will check them out if you don't already. Um, HempGuard UK hooked me up with some lovely CBD products. Um, I'm actually looking for a full-time CBD oil sponsor because I've started using CBD oils a lot and I really think that it helps me for sleep wise after hard sparring sessions i don't want to be stoned all the time and smoke weed every night i just can't do it i don't feel great the next day if i smoke weed too regularly so cbd doesn't leave me feeling like that and it would be great to have a full-time cbd sponsor on board so if you can help out with that please let me know and we will get that together good clear english sponsored me for the x peer they're on board as a sponsor as well um i've mentioned social as well, Social Co, a clothing company who sponsored Reedy for his last fight and used to just wearing their jumpers a lot. Check those guys out on Instagram. Drop a little message here, listen to the 831 podcast. It's always good to get us mentions. Other than that, all I ask is that you share and ask every single one of your friends on social media to share the podcast. Also, let's get the podcast out there to as many people as possible. But yeah, so... This is the birthday podcast. Um, it's now officially my birthday, and me and Nigel just sat down to talk shit. And uh, there's nothing massively informative in this podcast. It's just fun, and we'll help you pass away the time. But as always, I absolutely loved it, and I hope that you will too. So this is episode twenty, Nigel King. See you soon, guys. So, mate, here we go. Been a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, been a while, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck. Okay. This is, um... So... So, we're actually live now. We're live. Well, we're not live, but we're recording, yeah. yeah so, sorry. I, uh... 
But I'm a bit disappointed because I was hoping that this was going to be the first video one on YouTube. as well, live streaming to YouTube, but I activated my personal YouTube account to go live and not the 831 podcast one. So I'm go- I've requested so the next time it'll be there, but I'm hoping that from now on I can start to do them live via YouTube, which should be cool. Yeah, and everyone will be able to see the new 831 caps. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Should we be wearing caps? No, because we're not live. Nobody can see us, so I'm going to say we are. Have oh. you not got yours on? No. I've got mine on. Oh, oh yeah, I've got it on. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're good. So, I can't... Available on the, on the website, Wes? Am I, oh, maybe I'll put together a website. Do you know what? Soon there could be a little bit of merchandise you get out there. Yeah, I'd like to... Uh, I, need to I want to try and get these out at least one a week. You know, I think... Uh, F- need to get them out frequently and the more you get out the more people will listen so I Even do want to do it get bored of them every week. yeah well if I keep having you on they definitely will <laughs> and I mean what's it so you haven't been on for months now have you you haven't done one in 2019 no but that's only like three months 12 weeks yeah so that's <laughs> a while though mate I mean for you not to and plus I don't think you were on the whole of December so at least November. So you're talking four four months at least, I would imagine, since you've been on. Yeah. yeah. And look at you sat there with fuck all to tell anyone. <laughs> so exciting well, things are. <laughs> so exciting <laughs> things have got. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been a while. So, how's things with you? Yeah. I've, uh, yeah, it's been alright. I've uh, a few things going on. I've been spending a lot of time lately, really, with uh, with my daughters. A lot more time with my daughters. Before my daughters, obviously, Molly works with me. Uh, been seeing a lot more Scarlet lately, uh, who now is working with Molly at the centre of the academy, and obviously I see a lot of Ruby because we've we've got our season tickets at West Ham, and yeah. we've now started our little we have a sort of three weekly away trips. We've been to most most games this season home and away, and uh, with the travelling. Claret and Blue Army, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's really good. We actually enjoying the away games much more than we are the home games because it's, it's a lot more of a laugh. And you basically, for instance, we went to Newcastle the other day, and it's like a whole weekend instead of a you know like one to, you know driving up or getting a train up to the stadium twenty minutes and having a few beers. It's like a little bit of a road trip. So yeah, so that's been good. Been really enjoying the football lately. Yeah, it must be nice to have. <laughs> something to bond over with your daughter like that. I mean, obviously, Ash and I have been very close all through growing up because, her growing up, because me and uh, Jolene were split up. But Ash used to come away with all the fighters with me. If we were fighting somewhere, she'd come. She'd come to loads of fight nights. She was always involved in everything, came fishing with me all the time, come and did this. But because you have three girls of varying ages, you never really had one girl you could focus your time on. And because of the, the the multitude of things that you do, I guess it was hard for you to, to share individual time with them. But now that they've got a bit older and they have uh, their individual tastes and, and interests, it must be nice that you've got this with um, Ruby. With Molly, you have obviously the bond with the birds. And with Scarlet, that's still to be developed, I guess, because she's the youngest and she's still sort of maturing. But... Now she's taking interest in the birds, but well, it must be nice that you have these things that you can share or, or things that you can 
actually bond and say these are our things, you know, like West Ham's you and Ruby. That's that's exactly what it's like, and uh, it's like I say, it's been tough. Uh, you know, obviously you know the history, my history with you know two marriages, etc. And it's hard sometimes spending time with 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 each daughter, especially when Scarlett was younger. So having time with all three of them now, it, it's much better because. Then the other two won't say that Molly's the favourite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, from the outside looking in, you could see why they would get that impression. She's the one who's heavily into birds. She's the oldest. And she's my business partner. And she's the business partner. You know, what that actually translates to is she keeps the business running for you. Uh, basically, I don't do anything to get money out of it. Yeah, that would be yeah. my favourite child as yeah. well, to be fair. <laughs> If I was going to pick a favourite, it's the one who earns yeah, me money for doing nothing. Just to put that out there, Molly. Yeah, that, that would definitely Lovely be Molly. Molly, <laughs> <laughs> Molly my favourite. Um, yeah, it's not... Like, so have that... They are listening, Wes, by the way. Yeah. I, so who's your favourite? Uh, um, <laughs> I actually like Skorodi. Uh, <laughs> no, obviously I've seen them, uh, seen them all grow up and it's weird now when I look at your daughters and they're they're like young ladies do you know what I mean it's like really weird weird yeah it's really weird because they were girls and they're a young lady like you know they're still girls they're not men no (laughs) but they're young ladies now they're not girls like Ruby's 23 isn't she 22 you don't even know how old Ruby is I mean how old Molly is though don't you (laughs) (laughs) how old's Molly Molly's 26. How old's Ruby? 22. Ish. <laughs> How old's Scarlett? 16. Yeah, so it's just Ruby. It's only two weeks ago. <laughs> no, uh, but... Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's weird seeing them grown up. Funny enough, you're going to have Molly on the, on a podcast. I am, yeah, 100%. We've said this before, but I'm hoping that with this thing with the meerkat, and the travel with the meerkat and hopefully I can tie them in together yeah. I'll come up we'll do a podcast I'll sp- spend the night we'll go get food and then the next day I'll bring the meerkat back to meerkats. Somerset meerkats back to Somerset so no, yeah no actually there's a meerkat going from our group and two female meerkats coming into the group yes but I'm not picking up the two that are coming in am I yes are they coming from Somerset as well yeah they're coming from Somerset from the same place think, yeah I think you've got that wrong. But if that is the case, then yeah, I can do it. I can just go to Somerset, pick up the two, you, you bring them up. the person that runs the business. Yeah, yeah, Molly. <laughs> Molly, yeah. So, yeah, so we will definitely get a podcast then. I'm really looking forward to it. Are you texting so, yeah. someone while we're talking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in just between. Well, I'm not. I've written three words, so I will be responding when oh, you I start to... I love you. <laughs> There's no one listening out there that's going to believe that I've wrote those words, to be <laughs> fair. Not. No. Um, yeah, so it's cool, like, you you having that with uh, with your daughters, because, like, you don't have a son, obviously you think of me as a son, so that... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you don't have a son, you have the three daughters, but... However... I'm going to talk about Molly again because she's... Yeah, because Ruby's going to love this. Her and Jack are actually thinking about having a baby. Yeah. Which might be a grandfather. So I have demanded a grandson. I'm not sure that's how it works. Well, I've told Jack that he'd be in trouble if there's not one. 
Okay. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just put it out there to him. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's what it is. I think it's fear that donates the sex of a sperm, to be fair, mate. Yeah, so if all he's having sex with nothing but fear, I'm sure it'll come out male, definitely. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Just so you know, Jack. Just so you listen. And it will never, ever support Spurs. I'm just putting it out there, Jack. <laughs> All right? Never. So, when Molly comes to the end of her pregnancy, has her baby and goes on maternity leave, you've got to step up to the plate and run the centre. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, how does it we, work? Well, we've actually got a, a girl uh, called Charlie. Right, actually, this is funny because her name's Abigail. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Uh, her name's Abigail, but she doesn't like being called Abigail, so she likes being called Charlie for some reason. So we just call her Chab. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's, yeah, that's the net, uh, that's oh, no, the natural progression. Chab. Abigail, Chab. Charlie, Chab. Yeah, Chab. So we just call her Chab. And she, we've now she started up when the centre first opened, and Molly <coughs> got a bit sick of working seven days a week, so. We, we've now taken her on, so we pay her now. And she looks after the centre for two days a week, and Molly gets a couple of days off. So Awesome. So she's going to have to run the show when Molly gets fat again because she's having a kid. <laughs> yeah, <who is> that? <laughs> yeah. Who is all that? that time, losing all that weight, loses eight stone she in body weight. Eight and a half stone. Eight and a half stone, you and then she wants to get pregnant. It's, it's well, of course we will. No, I'm not just going to completely neglect one of her biggest life changes. Now, I've done these before <laughs> as it goes. So, Molly, the number one life change you've made as an adult is losing eight and a half stone. Let's brush over that. No, of course not. It's the one member of the King family that would be worth talking about nutrition with. <laughs> because you're certainly not. I'm good at eating. Just the wrong things. You, yeah, yeah, you're definitely good at eating. Anyway, definitely. we've gone over that before in another podcast. Yeah. And all that, do you know what I mean? Chastising me over my, like, yo-yo diets and being, like, 12 stone and lots of stone and then, then, then back to 12 stone <laughs> again. And yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll skip over that. So, but actually, I'm going to bring something up. So, okay. football-related, so we don't really talk about football a lot. No, so, it's because it's shit, really, and nobody really cares, but yeah. What Tony Cogsall, you're my elite yeah. football, but he supports Arsenal. But I don't know if he listens to these. Yeah? No, I've never had any feedback from him. So, okay. so the other day, there was a, a game. It was actually... So you get a derby where you'll get, like, London uh, derby, like Spurs and Arsenal. I know what a derby is. fans hate each other. Yeah, brown yeah. derby, you know what one of those is. <laughs> so... The fans, obviously, there's a lot of rivalry there, and uh, I don't know if you saw it the other day, but there's a big rivalry between Birmingham and Aston Villa. Obviously, you've got Perry, Bars, Moyes, there's, there's, there's a big rivalry there. And uh, Birmingham played Aston Villa, and after, I think it was about six or seven minutes, uh, a, a fan ran onto the pitch mm-hmm. and actually punched Jack Grealish, one of the Aston Villa players, in the head. Yeah, I saw that. And, yeah. uh, and then it's outrageous, like in this day and age, sort of stuff. Like that can happen with all the stewards. Yeah, it is. It is out. A, it's outrageous that somebody gives a fuck about football enough to go and punch someone, a player. I mean, I, I get, and get. And I think he might have even been jailed. Yeah, he has been jailed for something like eight, 14 weeks or something, I believe. But so, I mean, I have friends who were, um, they're members of the CSF. City guys, they fought with other clubs all over the country. They've gone abroad and fought. They've been banned from games. 
and you know I get on really well with them they're friends but I don't understand fighting over a football team I don't, it means I don't get that and I know you're not fighting over a football team a lot of the time you're fighting because you represent this that's your re- it's just a firm you know you're just a firm and you go and fight another firm I get it and I've been asked to go along a few times I always say no it's not my thing at all but um I just don't get why over football you would want to and then over football why you would want to assault a player on the pitch what made him like pick out Grealish unless it was Raheem Sterling yeah I mean I'm sure a joke within the football community but (laughs) yeah I mean um, I I just don't know what what would possess you to you know like I don't I mean I loved going I mean when you go as an away fan you're I was quite surprised the the amount of people I see that it went like I'm I'm talking about driving. I drove, you know, I drove to Newcastle, I drove to Burnley. Yep. And I've been to all these games a long way away. And the amount of people that actually go and follow the team and support the team. You're talking three to 4,000 West Ham takeaway. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And that's a lot of money for people to spend out. It costs a lot of money to go to football nowadays. Yep. It's not cheap. So, you know, the true supporters, they go. But it's, I for me, it's the banter. It's the banter with the fans. That's the great thing for me that... The chants on the terraces, what it used to be like, and like the banks are not interesting. You know what? I went to Manchester the other night. I drove uh, from Manchester, uh, from from Medway to Manchester. I left at eleven o'clock in the afternoon. Morning. Not morning, sorry. It's in the morning, and I got up there at five o'clock. But I didn't get back till five o'clock the next morning. So yeah. that's, that, and I went on my own. But when I went into, I went into McDonald's, and uh, I was having something to eat pre pre-food before the game you know basically and uh, and I got chatting this lad said oh you're you're West Ham sport are you because obviously he saw my Amherst sort of logo and stuff and uh, I said Jim he's a Man City fan young lad and he was talking to me about football and basically about what's happening with Man City and the title and blah blah and that and it was quite nice to meet him and find out about him and speak to him and uh, that's what it's all about not about you know I'm not interested in battering him because he supports another team, do you know yeah, what I mean? And plus you want to get served up. Well, probably, yeah, so. <laughs> You want to be getting served up by a Man City fan. Yeah, you know. So, but He was mad for it. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, and people who are interested in football genuinely appreciate the football and not like the, the idiots, do you know what I mean? I did hear something funny, though, that I said about, talking about and saying about the, uh, the guy running on the pitch. Someone said, sooner or later... Uh, someone is going to, uh, with all the stuff going on, someone is going to run on the pitch at the Olympic Stadium, you know, the London Stadium where West Ham play, and he's going to yeah. actually end up getting man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that as well. Yeah, I did hear that as so, well. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, no, it's, uh, I mean, I, I get <clears throat> emotionally invested in, in football when I go and watch football. I do end up mo- emotionally invested in, you know, I was a massive City fan, and uh, football was a massive part of my life for a huge for most of my childhood, up to about 16, football was the only thing I cared about. But now, through fighting, and because I fight, and I see these 22 people on a pitch, who most of them don't look like they're even caring that they're playing football, and they're getting paid loads of money. I don't know, it just takes it a bit away from me. And then you see the fans go and invest themselves. And I'm like, it's like, for everybody but the fans... Football's a business. It's a business. No, like I wholeheartedly agree with you with it being a business. Yeah. Because when we was young, I remember sitting on the ground watching Match of the Day when we was younger. And it was just, you know, 
teams on the telly playing, etc., etc. And nowadays it's everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Whenever you switch your telly, it's like. And I was talking to Ruby about this the other day, about when I was younger, football was football, but the Premier, the Premier League, it's just billions and billions and billions of pounds. Yeah, ridiculous amounts of money. And it's it is getting beyond a joke. It's really hard nowadays for. A, you know, in the old days, as a you know, if you wanted to go as a family, take a couple of kids, you know, you could do it. <clears throat> People nowadays, I mean, you just can't. How can they afford to to take their kids to a for, to a football game now? Well, Premier Premiership game, yeah, I understand. It's I mean, ridiculous you're talking, money. you know, for the tickets alone for a, a, a dad and his son, maybe is going to be over a hundred quid. Then you have got the food, okay? So if you went on the train for Stratford, for instance, you're paying forty quid on the train for you and your your kid to go. And then you get a hundred quid for your tickets, and then they're always going to want a hot dog. A fucking hot dog now is like seven quid. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then our program, a fiver, used to be a pound. Yeah. And then this and then the merchandising, my God. So you're looking at two hundred quid just to go and watch a game. Yeah, the only people there to sport for are the fans. That's it. Um, <clears throat> everybody else, it's a business. Even the players, you know, like you, you're giving a player twenty grand a week. Twenty what's, grand is nothing. No, that's else. what I'm saying. But you're giving someone twenty grand a week. Like, what's their incentive in their hunger? Where is it coming from? Like, like, and that's not to to generalise everyone in the Premier League, but or every professional footballer. But you know, fighters are hungry because. Would say this is, for instance, a fighter, right? Mesut Özil plays for Arsenal. They signed him. Never plays. Always on the bench. Guys on three hundred and fifty thousand pound a week. Yeah. Ridiculous. Three hundred grand. I'll go my whole career and not earn that. Exactly. Whole fight career and, and never earn that. And you're getting punched in the head for it. Punched in the head, kicked in the head. Like you're sitting on a bench. The training. Oh, sitting next on a bench. Exactly, yeah. And who wouldn't, you know, some of these players, they were like, uh, do you remember Pyatt used to play for West Ham? Yeah. On a five million pound deal. Ian Pyatt, right? <laughs> <laughs> you like that one yeah. end, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, so, Dimitri Pyatt uh, signed up a five million pound deal. Threw his toys out the front. Didn't want to fucking play. Wouldn't play. Refused to play, right? Yeah. Do you know what? When I was playing football, fucking hell, I'd, I'd wait the whole week to put a shot on and play. Yeah, because you weren't getting paid 20 grand a week. Or 100 grand a week or something. Yeah, but if I was a footballer. Yeah, but you, you should listen, want to like... you should, I know, but you're saying that from the perspective of someone who's not had that. You still have the hunger. means everything to you because you want to get to the top. Once you make it to the top and you're in 100 grand a week and you realise... I'm just a fucking source of entertainment for people. This is a fucking business. Your hunger goes. It's, it's the same with... You love flying birds, right? Fly fucking birds every single day. It don't matter how much money... If someone offered you 100 grand a year now to go and fucking fly arrows every fucking day, teaching, doing um experience days... You wouldn't do it. Oh, you couldn't pay me 100 grand a, a year to fly arrows to on experience days every day? No way. Oh, and last a year. There's no word last a year. No. And we were speaking, I remember we were speaking earlier in the van about losing your hunger. And when I was flying birds every day, it just became a chore. And people go, oh, you've got it so wonderful. You know, you fly all these birds. I wish I... That was the one. I wish I could have a job like this. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. Uh, so it's the same thing with like, um, when I went to America and I didn't come home, when I was doing the X-Pier yeah. and stuff... Yeah, I was on the front. <laughs> and also the experience of, I used to get messages. Oh, you're so lucky. You're doing... I'm like, lucky? 
I'm fucking lucky. Like, I went to America for nine days. I stayed a year. I spent £38,000 in a year of all of my savings. Spent most of my savings. I've spent my life so being punched. I've spent my life... No, I've put it all into the business then when I got back. But I spent all most of my savings. I've spent most of my adult life getting punched and kicked in the head every week. Like, lucky. You, you think I'm lucky? No, it's not. This has nothing to do with luck. It's simple, comes down to the fact of, I did what I wanted to do instead of sitting on my fucking ass on a nine to five, moaning about not being able to do the things that I wanted to do. It's not luck. There's no, it wasn't luck. I wasn't gifted with anything. I'm from a council estate in Stockwood. My mum has had MS for 19 years before she passed away. Then the last eight years of my mum's life, she spent in a care home. There was no luck. It was Fuck this. Life, get out and do it. And they're like, oh, you've been base jumping. You did this. You're, like, yeah. you're so lucky. Like, lucky, there's no, there was no luck. There was no, there hasn't been any luck. I've been on my ass broke. Dave and Ross, like, come to cinema. And I haven't been able to go to cinema because I've got no money. Like, on my ass broke. And other times, I've had enough money to go and spend 38 grand in America. It's not, luck doesn't come into it. It's about, this is what I'm doing. And I'm fucking doing it. Nothing's stopping me. And I understand, you know, not everyone will be in that position and not everyone will make the sacrifices to be in that position. But if you don't make the sacrifices, you can't look at the people who are making them and say they're lucky. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I totally get that. I knew what I wanted to do when I opened the centre. I knew what I wanted and it became a success. And, you know, it was great. But in the end, you know, it just got too much. Yeah. Driving there every single day, stuck in traffic, and I was like, oh, "I'm yeah. not doing this anymore." And then when the obviously the other, uh, the other site came up, it was too good to be true. Really, I, got, I mean, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth, you know. What I mean? It's like, you know, I've done it, and as soon as that was up and running, I went and got a job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now I've jacked that in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but. The next chapter will start now, you know, just going forward. So, hopefully, I'll, uh, in a few weeks' time, I'll just be in South Africa, chilling out for a, a week or two. So. Yeah. Do You've got to do the things that make you, uh, you've got to do the things that make you happy, right? Like, I just don't understand where... I mean, even with this Brexit thing, this this reason I don't really talk political on Facebook anymore, because I feel like everyone's so caught up in this that they're forgetting that, that, that there's a life to be lived and everyone's like oh but the future and all oh, the government are fucking us up. but but so live now like you don't know that you're going to be here in five years time fucking yeah they have but you don't like you don't know that you're going to be here for five everyone says how amazing it is that we live on this spinning ball of dirt in the middle of a vacuum of space it's ever expanding. It's expanding quicker than the speed of light. There's millions of other stars and planets like us around there. It's amazing. It's marvellous. Right. I can acknowledge that. Why the fuck are you living your 60 to 100 years on this life chasing a fucking pension? I don't understand how you can look around you and see all the wonderment this, that there is and suddenly think to yourself, I know why I was put here. I was put her to go to work all my life and then get 20 years of rest at the end of it. Something <coughs> my dad said to me, uh, 
it made perfect sense. He said it to me a few years ago now. And I was talking, because obviously you've been to my dad's, he had a nice house yeah. in France and blah, blah. He's, you know, all his furniture and stuff. His furniture is his pension, he said, and all his yeah. antiques are his pension. I said, it's not very good if your fucking house burns down. Indeed. Uh, but, I'm digressing a bit there, but he said to me, he never understood why people would work like from the age of 20 to the age of 50, 30 years old graph to get this house, this big house, and then they got it. And then, you know, they get to that and they start to retire, and then they get ill. And then what happens? They get to a stage where they get so ill that they, they have to sell the house. And they have yeah. to go into a home, and then what happens? The house gets sold, and all the money pays for them. To live in a carol. However, if they had a council house, right, and exactly the same thing happened, and they, they didn't own the house, they'd get all that care for fuck all anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem right, does it? it no, it doesn't. I, but it's... Uh... You see what I mean? So they're, 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 they're t- you get it for nothing. Yeah. If you ain't got any money or you don't yeah, own anything. Yeah, so yeah. why would you work all that time just to fucking give it away? For, yeah, for exactly. something you'd get for nothing. Yeah, I just don't understand. I don't understand, and it's a hypocritical, really, because I have a daughter who I encourage to have a job and a career. But I don't understand why this is what we're 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 pushing people towards. This is why why we're judging people who don't have this ball and chain around them. Um, although it's uh, not a physical ball and chain, obviously, it's just uh, you know it's like a metaphor, but like a. They have this ball and chain around them their whole life of conforming to society and uh, conforming to the opinions of what you, how you should live your life. The work until you're 65, then you retire and you enjoy the profits of your, of all your hard work. Like, what? I just don't. It, it, it blows my mind. That blows my mind. And maybe I'll always be skint because of that. But it, that can't be that cannot be the reason we're here like we for some reason we assume that we're some intellectual higher a higher being than every other animal on this planet every other animal on this planet lives eats shags dies boom that's what they do lives eats shags dies runs around fields lays in the sun we're the only ones that work to remain here like we're the only ones who pay to live on this planet. We pay money just to be here. Because what happens if we don't? Like, I just don't understand how people are well, constantly... Well, see that guy who walked past earlier in Bristol, the one who had that cup that was shaking it. Yeah. It was freezing fucking cold. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. But no, it's not. It's not because... <laughs> listen, the, all that guy needs to do is learn how to build a shelter. And he could go and live somewhere. Learn how to get food. It's only like modern society that keeps him on that pavement because he's not allowed to go and set up a tent on Castle Green because the police will move him on. You're not allowed to be on this bit of land. But if I don't have a tent, am I allowed to be here? Yeah, but you can't put a tent on this piece of land. Or why can't I put a tent on this piece of land if I'm allowed to be here? No, you're not allowed to live here, but you can... If you ain't got a tent, you can lay there. So you won't move me if I ain't got a tent? No. You could lay there if you ain't got a tent. You could lay there all through the day. Even in the work hours where people are enjoying their lunch, you can lay there if you ain't got a tent or anything. But what if I put my tent up in the day because it's hot? Nope, can't have a tent here. 
what the fuck? What? How how are people buying into that this is how we should be living on this planet? Oh, just fuck it, tell the people at Milton Keynes, have you ever been there? Yeah, I've every flown over fucking, it a few times. Every, every fucking subway's got about three tents in it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I just, like, <clears throat> it blows my mind. It. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like a bit of luxury. I like having a, a, a decent car and I like a, a warm house and I like getting in a lovely, comfortable bed and I like new trainers. I do, I like all those things. <laughs> I love but, for the truck. Lovely, comfortable, but new trainers. <laughs> new trainers. You've got, you got to have good trainers, mate. You've got to have nice trainers. But at the same time, I would fully appreciate just living in a caravan in the middle of a field. That's my own. Or in a shed. Just boom. In a shed. In a shed. I live in a shed. Can I, yeah, I'd live there. I, I would fully appreciate that. And I, Or I would quite happily just get a, te- get a tent. Get my paraglider, go. Just walk, wander, come back. The only reason I'm still here now in Bristol <clears throat> and I'm not offering is my business. And that's it. I have a business with my brother. It's not fair on my brother to bin everything and go again. And also, I've started something and I don't like to give up on something. So I've got the business. I don't really know what for. I don't know what I have my business for because for me, I don't. I'm not thinking it's going to make me a millionaire. And even if it does make me a millionaire, I'm going to look back and say, well, I wasted eight years becoming a millionaire. Now I've got to do something with this money, but in those eight years, I haven't really done anything I wanted well, to if do. If you was a millionaire, I'd always help you with the money. If you need no, I have no bit. doubt. If you need to I have no doubt. I ain't got any money, and you help me with the money I haven't got now. So <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt in that at all. It'll be your birthday soon. You d- it is my birthday. In What's the time? 19 minutes It's my birthday. Yeah, and to be fair, you did buy me a birthday Wagamama's today, and it was your first experience of a Wagamama's. It was. I liked it. Have you got to, like, 58 and not had a Wagamama's before? 58, yeah. I don't understand it. I'd good for fucking 58 if I was 58. How old are you? 52? No. 51? No. 49? Not even 51. Yeah. So, I reckon on April the 28th, you'll be 51. Yeah, you'd be right. Yeah, there we go. And then you'll be 42. (laughs) What you've done is you've taken my joke and you've used it against (laughs) me. Yeah. Exactly. Psychology. (laughs) Have you been writing this stand up? Have you been writing a new routine? (laughs) Tell me about the stand up. Which one do you know? Tell me about the stand up. So, what got you? Because obviously, you've been doing the stand up in Bristol now. Uh, Yeah, I've done a few. Done a few. When was the last one? Was the last one the one you sent me? A few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Um, Two elephants fell off a cliff. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, for the simple reason, I've been training a lot more now uh, because I want to fight. So I don't have Fuck a lot get more time. People come and watch your fights. They laugh their fucking bollocks. <laughs> I know. I said that before. I've said it before. I said when I fight, I can't stop people laughing, and when I do comedy, people want to punch me in the face. So. <laughs> Um, no, I I want to fight, and I realise it realistically. I have to put effort in this year. I'm thirty six in a minute, so I have to put effort in this year. In sixteen minutes. In sixteen minutes, so I have to put effort in this year. Try and get a few wins. If I enjoy it and I get a few wins, and if I get five, six, and oh, five or six win streak now. It puts me right back up there in the UK rankings, so I can have some nice bigger fights, Bellator maybe, Cage Warriors, you know. So I have to really do that now, and when I 
I like doing comedy. I like writing comedy, but it's all in the evenings. So I'm getting in from work. I'm sitting down. I'm going over the comedy that I'm going to do that night, rehearsing it, rehearsing it in my head, making sure I've got it all memorised. Because I don't want to be one of the guys on the phone with on the stage with their phone in their hand. Lots of people do that at a new at a new comedy night. So a new material night, they have their phone or something to reference. I never wanted to do that, so I always wanted to be able to get it off my head. So I try and memorise it. Um, so I'm doing that, and you've got to be. At the venue for say seven thirty. Sometimes you don't leave the venue till midnight because the open mic might be at the end of a comedy show. Beat you up because they've paid like fifteen quid to get in. I think. Yeah. This fucking what the fuck have we just paid? No, but it's because like so it's a a whole evening gone. So when that evening's gone, I get up for work the next morning and I have to try and get two training sessions in the next day because I've missed one. It just. It's hard, but I do want to do more comedy, and I'd like to maybe do some of the festivals, like a comedy festival in Bath I'd like to do. I'd like to go to Edinburgh and try and do Edinburgh Festival, do a couple of bits up there. So I'm just going to keep writing, and then when I've got Can't like... do loads of Braveheart jokes? No, no, I don't have any Braveheart jokes. But I'm going to keep writing, and I have three pieces at the moment that I've done, <coughs> five-minute pieces that I've done four or five times each in different clubs. Or different nights, sorry. And I like all three of them. All three of them are okay. One that I really enjoy. And I've done them on paid nights where it's not an open mic. People have paid to see comedy and I'm just, I've got a five minute spot. And they've gone down great at those five, at those paid ones. The audience is very different. When you go to a, a comedy night where people have paid to come and see you laugh. Come and see you laugh. No, sorry. Paid, <laughs> paid to come and see you and laugh. Yeah. Paid to come see you and laugh. They're more res- receptive of comedy, I think. So my comedy is very different to a lot of people who I see. Yeah, the other stuff's really funny. <laughs> really funny, yeah. Mine's not so much. Um, I've learned something about your comedy that is only going to be good if I'm there. Because you're the only one laughing. No, no, well, no your comedy. You? You'll be because if you're not trying to take the piss out of me, you're not funny. So, and even then, it's marginal. So, yeah, I, I'd like to do more. I do want to do more. It's I I never people assume that you want to be a comedian. I don't want to be no, a comedian. I'm not trying color. to. I'm not trying to be a comedian, and I have no. I'm not saying I want to do comedy. I want comedy to be my career. I'm not. I'm very open and honest, and I say to people podcasting is what I would like to do. If I could make a career out of anything, I'd like to make a career out of podcasting. I really enjoy this. Um, but I do really enjoy comedy and my favourite bit is writing. Sitting down and writing it, then tweaking it and then going and doing it on stage and thinking, fuck, I thought they'd laugh there. Go a bit for, oh, nobody's that. Boom, they start laughing. Or I went one night and I got a quarter of the way through what I'd rehearsed, forgot it completely. Completely. I was like, ah. Uh, I'm sorry, but I've. I was like, I'm sorry, but I've completely forgot what I was going to say, and I was like, oh, I'm like, don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Nothing to come up with. I completely forgot what I was going to say, and I blew it. Just didn't. I. It just cleared my head completely, and I was like, oh, I'll just go. Um, I'll just go improv. The audience weren't weren't giving me anything to, to talk back about. So I was like, well, this is fucked, guys. I'm just going to get off the stage. And I had to get off the stage, but I loved it. That, that I flopped like that because it makes me want to write. Oh, I tweet that. i got this wrong. I've got to work on... Ah, I see. I missed this bit. So I like the process, but I don't have enough experience to say if I enjoy comedy yet. I need to... I want to get... I want a good, solid... 
seven or eight five-minute bits of those seven or eight, a couple of the five-minute bits, I want them to be able to run consecutively as a 10-minute bit. So I'm going to keep working until I have that, and then I'm going to try and just do like six months of hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, and really try and work them, I think. Just because, that's not because I think that's the best way to go about it, because I have no idea. It's simply, I'm trying to fight. I want to fight May the 25th, hopefully I'm fighting. So I want to fight. So if I don't commit to comedy and I do comedy, I get booed off stage. If I don't commit to fighting and I fight, I get knocked out. So... Yeah, I'm going to concentrate on fighting for, for a few months now. Make it everything. You know, not even put that much effort into paragliding or anything. Really concentrate on fighting. And just see in the next six months how my body feels, how I feel. Skydiving, you've done a bit of that. I haven't for ages now. So Rather paragliding skydive. So if you, if, you, if you fail at fighting, you get knocked out. If people don't laugh, you fail at comedy. Yeah. If you don't succeed at skydiving... Uh, skydiving is like not really fair no skydiving like, you're not too parachute base jumping yeah but yeah I, I haven't skydived for a while now um, I prefer paragliding I prefer paragliding to skydiving skydiving is expensive I've pretty much done all that I want to do skydiving wise <coughs> free fly sit fly back fly I'd like to do some head down stuff maybe but if I go back to California for any length of time I'll be skydiving every day and for the simple fact, I'd like to try and get my tandem rating and take people skydiving. Or I'm happy to be the cameraman and film them, fly them around them. That's really fun. But yeah, I, I prefer paragliding as a hobby or something to do. But, yeah, you, I mean, that's. You've got. My trouble is I spread myself too thin. So I think I need to be sensible about fighting now and not do that. I need to say, right, I want to fight. For my next two fights, I'm going to get my head down, try and get two in as quick as possible, and then I'll see how my body feels. My body might say, where's fuck this off now? Enough's enough. Or I might say, I'm not. I don't want to do this weight cutting shit. I don't want to be a part of it. So, you know, or I might be just obsessed with it again, like I am at the moment. Yeah. I'm not actually obsessed with anything at the moment. I've not known you to be obsessed with anything. (laughs) Except food. Well, I do like food, yeah. Food is a favourite. Yeah, indeed. But I think uh, I've been liking travelling about around the UK. Obviously, in my job, I do the whole of the country. So travelling about in a van, I get quite a lot of pleasure. When the other day I drove to a, when I drove to Manchester, actually. Yeah. Have you ever drove, driven along the Woodhead Pass? I don't really have. Amazing. Oh, Peak District. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I probably have because I've paragliding the Peak District a fair bit. Yeah. So it's so beautiful just, up there. So just got quite a lot of pleasure out driving around at least, seeing different Over the last two years, you know, I've been all over the country. Some places in England I never even knew existed. Yeah. And there are some. England's amazing. Yeah, well, no, the UK, sorry, the UK is amazing. It is. And it people is don't realise it. I don't want to go abroad and stuff, but there's some amazing places here. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, definitely. Like, I just don't... People would rather go to Benidorm to an all-inclusive hotel that they've been to six times than have off, like, five different short weekend breaks to the Lake District, Snowdonia, 
the Peak District, up to Scotland. Like, I was talking to a girl the other day, and uh, we were chatting, and she's like, oh, I've been here. That you've been texting a lot? No. Um, I've been here, I've been there, I've done this, I've been that. I look, oh, yeah, Tilburg's really cool. Scotland, I've not been to Scotland. Like, You've never been to Scotland? So no, I'd really like to go to Edinburgh. I'm like, Edinburgh's amazing. Yeah, and then we're talking a bit more. Yeah, I really like Edinburgh. Um, we were talking a bit more, and I was like, oh, yeah, Snowdonia. I've never been to Snowdonia. I was like, You've never been to Snowdonia. Snowdonia's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and then it was, I was like, oh, talking about Lake District. Like, oh, I've not been to Lake District. I'm like, you've been all these places and you've never discovered the incredible shit we've got with, nine times out of ten, more history. You know? It's like these people who chatted to someone else not so long ago. Been to Vietnam. I was like, oh, did you go to the Killing Fields? What's the Killing Fields? I'm like, Please tell me you're fucking joking. Like, no, what is it? I'm like, Pol Pot, Killing Fields. You don't, you're like, no, what's that? I'm like, fuck. Like, you've been to Vietnam and you didn't go to, you know what the Killing Fields are, Nigel, yeah, right? Surely, yeah. I've seen, I've seen the film. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just like, what? What are you doing in these places? You're walking with your eyes closed, or you're traveling the world with your eyes closed. You know? Yeah. It's, this country's massively we take this country for granted massively because we live here you know here. what was just tonight when we went out for say I was driving through certain parts of Bristol I saw tonight when you say well you do know that Bristol is the fifth biggest city in the UK yeah but it is an amazing city it's got yeah. a lot of you know loads of history of like I think it was the busiest slave port in the world at one point was it the busiest shipping port in the world I think the Bristol Channel was the busiest shipping lane for a while um, like musically the home of drum and bass drum and bass was started here was uh, it? yeah I didn't know that yeah Kevin <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis studied it um, Bristol Old Vic uh, lo- loads of history in Bristol Bristol's it's like a champ it's got a lot of history it was once Ooh. The most violent place in England. Yeah, but what, can, we, can we never compare Bristol to Chatham again? <laughs> no, Chatham Dockyard was there. It was massive. It was, was it know, big, was it Chatham Dockyard? Yeah, the, I think the HMS Victory was there once before they moved it to Portsmouth. You know what that is, don't you? Yeah. Nelson's ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was in the Chatham Dockyard at one point. Yeah, like, it's cool, right? Like, the history within the UK is cool and people are overlooking <laughs> it to go travelling. Chatham up. What am I doing? I know, I don't understand that myself. I can never even tell people I live there, always I live in the Medway Towns. Yeah, I know, so I've heard you say if that. If you say fucking Chatham or Gillingham, you know, just know you're a scummo. Up the weeds, wood. Up the wood. Up the wood, boy. Up the weeds, wood. So, so, yeah, I just say Medway Towns, because Rochester has actually got the history of Charles Dickens and stuff like that, so it always sounds like, yeah, so I live in the Medway Towns. Come from Medway. Yeah. Kent. Why is that? England. Do people assume that that's better? <coughs> Because I've been you to make, Medway. You dress it up, it sounds good. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure about that, mate, at all. It's yeah. like when I come to come to Bristol, and we've seen all those beautiful buildings in Bristol and Temple Meads, and, and then now we're in Stockwood. Yeah, there's not a lot of beauty to be had in Stockwood, to be fair. <laughs> there's not. There is a lot of culture. <coughs> like, Cow's heads on the wall and stuff. I like the, do you know what? 
I wish that if we'd have done it live, or, well, we, we, the live, if we'd have done it on, on the video, on the video, we could have actually shown people and they could have appreciated. Lots of people have probably seen it. When I do my talks on my, uh, when I do my talks on my ex-peer trip. That's one of the last things that I come out with. But so, like, you've never. Did you have that in mind when you was up there and you was walking down? You picked you up. Did you think oh, I can use this? No, because I didn't know I'd do talks. What did you? What did you actually want to do with it then? Just thought I'm not leaving here without a souvenir. <laughs> no way. Like I knew it was the last day. So like it ended in the worst way it could what end. The Pyrenees and the souvenir is like a rotten. Well, I'd seen thing. that at the mountain, so I walked back up and got it. So I walked about a mile away from it. I was like, if I'm walking off this fucking mountain and it's the last day, I'm going back and getting that skull. So I went back and got it. it and then, yeah, like I just like it's the best reminder I could get. There's nothing to a paragliding. Everyone would ask about it, so then I get to tell them about the Pyrenees trip. So yeah, I think like you know I can have a picture of a cool moment when I was flying or something, but. Pff, Probably no one would ever ask about it. I mean, I appreciate skulls, but most people come here and think, fucking hell, look at the state of that. It's like a bit of shit taxidermy. But it's actually a really super cool thing. It's not even like it's some, like, rare elk or something. No, no. It's like a cow. Yeah, it's probably like a shower or something. Yeah, some old Frisian that's died up there. You know? Well, I didn't see many Frisians. I was on the Spanish side. (laughs) No, so I bet you that vultures have had a go on that at some point Cause yeah because they were everywhere yeah I got video I could put on video now of me launching with vultures <laughs> no, I'll play you the video no you saw me thermaling with one you didn't see the video of me launching with a vulture like taking off with vultures on the same takeoff. like yeah it was pretty cool which you'll appreciate if you're a falconer probably more Especially with yourself being like a bit of a vulture. Well, vultures, vultures getting off the floor alone was such a such a massive wing loading, and you know they just a <coughs> big paraglider, isn't they? So there, there's a program called Ed Stafford First Man Out, and the other day he was in uh, the Himalaya, and he was doing this thing, and he goes up and he's in the cloud, like it's like really misty and cloudy, right halfway up the mountain, and this bird flies over. That was the Biggest golden eagle I've ever seen. I was like, oh, that was a Himalayan griffin vulture, 100%. And he's he's like, I'm there, it's beautiful. I was like, I've got to fucking rewind it. Rewind it, pause it, Himalayan griffin vulture, straight away. It was obvious it was a Himalayan griffin vulture. I was like, why, how could you even think it was a golden eagle? Oh, you wouldn't even... Just, I've, got, I've got to stop you there and just tell you about something, right? So, there's an advert on telly. It's for a car. Uh, I can't remember what car it is, but there's some music and they're driving through like, so obviously they're driving through America, like yep. in some valley, you know, and there's red rock everywhere and that. And then there's a load of vultures sitting there. And the thing that really wound me up was that those griffins. <laughs> oh, so they, they wouldn't be there? Well, they fucking come from a different continent. Different continent. Griffin yeah. vultures don't live in America. They're fucking old world vultures, do you know what I mean? Yeah, ridiculous. Only new world vultures come from America, so... Whoever researched that advert wanted smacking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was like, things like that wind me up. It's like when you see a bird of prey fly onto the telly and it's an advert and you think, oh, look at that. And like a, a fucking owl will fly up and it, a noise of a red tail will come out of or his when mouth. Some, or when someone edits your golden eagle to be a harassalt flying to the glove. 
Insider joke, that one. We'll leave that one there. Oh, God. Yeah, that, the continuity of it is terrible. But no, the, the... I mean, next time you're down, you... I'll have to do the... T- here in the front room, I'll do the talk talk for you that I do when I go places. What, my own personal talk? Well, yeah, unless you want to come to Derby with me on April the 7th, but you'll be the away. The West Ham plan out that way that time. No, yeah. you'll be away anyway. So, yeah, but it's... I'll do it for you, and then you can... you. Lots of people say to me, they're like, even paragliders, are like, we we understood what it was, the XP, but when you tell the story, like, wow, I can't believe how much of an adventure it actually is, how hard it is. And I'll do the talk for you, and you can see. Because, I mean, obviously, you're going to think, oh, that was amazing, and now it was hard. But when I give you the talk, and you realize how many hours a day I was moving, how many miles I covered. No, I really appreciate when, it, because, like, obviously, I do the same sort of thing when I do the wildlife talks and things and places I've been and my time in Africa and what I did out when, you know when I've lived out there basically and, and you know worked on projects and stuff and people are like whoa um, it's people do want to listen to you because it's stuff yeah. they don't normally hear no exactly and you Especially take it for granted well. a bit because you take it for yeah I got video you know I video made videos of the whole thing and then when I got back someone said oh would you come and do a talk on your thing and I thought well I'm not just going there with pictures I got so much video footage so I edited day one day two day three day four day five together and then I play an eight minute video and I talk about what happened in that video then I play an eight minute video day two then I talk or answer questions I do an eight minute video and then people can see the emotion on your face the pain the hurt the noises so yeah it's it works out better that way of thinking you'll have to listen to the talk because yeah I think you'll have questions you know when you see day one you'll have questions about what day one was about actually that day two you'll have questions and it'll give you a bit more insight to what the XP was really yeah. Molly is actually doing really well on the uh, on the talks at the moment, getting a lot of work and doing a lot of stuff, you know, with wildlife, which is uh, pleasing to see. So I remember when she was a little kid, like catching newts in ponds, and she did always say to me that she wanted to always work for the Wildlife Trust, and now we're actually in partnership with the Wildlife Trust. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. That is wicked. Was you just pointing at the... Is that the date? Yeah. What's the date? So you're now 39. You fucking idiot. <laughs> That's it, mate. 15th of March is on us. There you go. How old are you now? 36. 36. 36. 36. 36. And I wasn't even lucky enough to get molested by Michael Jackson. <laughs> You've not seen the Michael Jackson documentary, have you? It's getting near the time now, when the big hand touches the little hand. <laughs> <laughs> You've not seen the Michael Jackson documentary, have you? No, but I saw your Facebook uh, status about it and the stuff on it, and I probably could have commented, but I'd have ended up just making jokes about it. Well, yeah, if you haven't seen it as well, there's no point commenting. Um, no, and but I would have made jokes about it. You know? What what? Even though you haven't seen the um, the documentary, do you have any thoughts on? The Michael Jackson thing through past ex- like past experience. No, I <laughs> yeah. never stayed at the ranch. <laughs> the ranch. The ranch. Um, yeah. So. But do you have any like thoughts on it? If you went, would you be swinging one way or the other from the from what you do now? Uh, right. So it's a hard one, isn't it? That's what they said to Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, it is a difficult one because 
I don't think it's normal for a grown man to have a young boy <coughs> in his bed while the parents are in another room. It just doesn't seem... It's just yeah. completely weird. For 30 days as well. Yeah, so... 30 days on tour and, with a guy. Was he just... A kid. You know, who will know? I mean, only he knows. He's took that with him. He, and them. Only he knows. And, and them. Yeah, but... It's, and it's just so difficult to know what happened. I mean, and when you consider how rich he was, and you know, no, we we spoke about it earlier a little bit, didn't we? About yeah. the, just about we, we about the people that I mean, trying to say, Dan, this is that they're all the people that haven't got any money. Haven't got any money. There's just, I mean, so for me, I look at it like this. So, what makes us a grown up or an adult? Is it our age or is it our interactions with society? So if you were 35, but you'd spent your whole <coughs> life with no responsibilities, no emotional relationships outside of your family. He was married, wasn't he? Not he until had... later on, mate. No. So, but if you've done this, this is how you spent your life, okay? You... Have no responsibilities, no emotional connections outside of your family. Are you a fully functioning adult just because you're old enough? Or if you're not having sexual relations with anyone, and if you're not having emotional relations, if you're not having emotional relationships with people, are you still a fully functioning emotional adult just because you are physically? I'm not saying you are or you're not. It's a question that I'm presenting. Are you? Because I, I'm a fully integrated member of society, socially, sexually, mentally, physically, I can, I can only say, well, this is how you make an adult, like this. But... <laughs> you looked in the mirror like this. <laughs> but if you don't have that, that upbringing and you don't have that, are you then a fully functioning adult who, and that's not to say, what I'm saying is, so he should not act on any impulses towards kids, okay? But if he's mentally very childlike himself, is he interacting sexually with a child or is he interacting sexually with someone he relates to? Or is he just being a child? That's so. That's what I'm saying. Is he? Is it he's someone he relates to? He relates to children because he's got no way of being an adult. He's never had to grow up. He's the richest, most famous man on the planet. Does what the fuck he wants. People are mollycoddling. Probably never fried an egg in his whole fucking life. Is he interacting with people on a similar wavelength as him? In the way of responsibilities and social, socially. I mean, of course, he's an adult. And he will understand consequences to things a bit differently. But is he? Has he been really sheltered? And he never had a child, a childhood because he was performing all the time. Could it be that there's nothing sexual went on whatsoever? He was just providing these children with the childhood that he believes every child should have, and it's the one that he didn't get to have. Which I still feel fucking still find weird. Anyway, it's weird. It is weird. My issue with it, I think there was definitely a crime committed. 
intentional or unintentional, whether that is molestation or just something in the way of, you know, maybe he showered with boys. Never touched them or anything. Yeah, but you were a boy yourself. <laughs> but, um, so maybe he never touched them if he just showered with them. Like they're around their mates or whatever, which would be a sexual crime. You can't shower in, in a fucking shower with other boys. You can't at 36 years old. I get that would be weird. Yeah, very fucking weird and probably a crime. Um, <laughs> fucking very weird. Very weird. Yeah, definitely. To us, definitely. But, um, yeah. Does he think that he's just becoming an equal? Does he think that he's being an equal? Now, my issue with the whole thing is that the two people who were in this documentary, the things that they did pre this, one of them was a choreographer and wanted to work on Michael Jackson's one tour, a one show in Vegas. And the producers that said no. Up until that point, he begged and pleaded with them. He begged and pleaded to get invites to the funeral for him and his parents um he defended he sorry testified that michael jackson had never molested him in a court case where another young boy was saying that michael jackson had molested him now here's why this is unforgivable that guy is either knowingly testifying that michael jackson never molested him when michael jackson did which means he's publicly calling that innocent boy a liar and allowing Michael Jackson to get off of molestation. Or he's telling the truth at that point, which means now in the documentary he's lying. Either way, he's a bigger cunt than Michael Jackson in the first place. <laughs> because Michael Jackson, for being a paedophile, I don't know how paedophiles work. Maybe it's in a, a, such a sexual drive that you it's hard to say no it's not hard to do what is morally and ethically the legal thing in court so that is as bad for me him doing that in court if he did if he is lying so yeah i don't know for me i just think that it's the the documentary was shit because it was so one-sided at no point did it try and discredit what the guys were saying or give anyone from the Jackson side a chance to to counter the argument. So for me, it was a poor taste documentary and the guys who were featured in it are renowned for being shitbags. So, yeah. But there's something fucking weird about Michael Jackson, 100%. Definitely. 100%, you know? Yeah, I mean, no one wears one white glove. <laughs> no one wears one white glove. No one wears one white face when you're born black. <laughs> So there's that is the first key that something is wrong, and I mean that that would be the giveaway. To be fair, um, yeah, it's uh, that's my take on the documentary. It's a fucking it's a shit show, and it should have never been allowed to have been shown on mainstream TV. If you want to make that at the film festival, which he did, he took it at a film festival. Very well, release it if you want to release it, but it shouldn't have been shown on mainstream TV. I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you need to. If you've got four hours, watch it, but it's, there's going to be no benefit, I don't think. But if you are going to watch something on Netflix, watch Afterlife, Ricky Gervais's new. Oh, no, film. please, because I've, I'm set up to watch it. The, I've, Molly has been watching I it. I love it. Yeah, she watched said, Molly, she saw my thing. And she yeah. said uh, that 
you really want to have a festival like an evening of just watching the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. They're, so 20, they're 25 minute episodes. Yeah, 28 minute episodes. Really, I mean, there's really only like six or eight of them. So oh, they're absolute brilliant. genius. Yeah. And, you know, just really, really good. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Oh, it's brilliant, mate. Have you seen any of his other stuff? Yeah. I mean, I've, I liked Derek. Derek is incredible. I think the reason I like Derek so much because my mum was in care. Yeah. So it was such an amazing insight and an amazing look into the care system whilst at the same time making it humorous, emotional. It was compassionate. It was fucking brilliant. Derek was fucking excellent. Afterlife is amazing also. But I think maybe the reason I didn't connect as much with Afterlife is because it's about a situation I've never experienced. So maybe that's... I loved it. You know, I'm 9 out of 10. Fucking brilliant. But, yeah, maybe that's why I didn't connect with it as much as I did Derek, which I thought was incredible. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. So, yeah, really looking right. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. Um, do you watch a programme called White Gold? No. You should watch that as well. That's a really good programme. That's on BBC Two. Well, you know my sense of humour. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, uh, I went the other day with Molly and Jack to... Uh, to see the League of Gentlemen live. Yeah, wishes. Really, really fun. But you've got to have a dark sense of humour. Yeah, I love it. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favourites. One of my favourites. <laughs> so, yeah, really, really funny. Some yeah. people wouldn't get it, you know. They just... No, yeah, exactly. Lots of people wouldn't. And I, uh, I really like the League of Gentlemen. I really like the original couple of series. They're my favourites, but I do really like the... Uh, the League of Gentlemen, um, the the newer ver- the newer series I didn't think were much cop compared to the originals. Um, but yeah, I do really like it. Derek was awesome. The Office was brilliant. The American Office was great. Ricky Gervais's stuff I really like. Um, you can get on my tits a bit on Twitter and stuff, but yeah, I really like his, his podcasts are great. He's been po- he was like one of the first people ever to put out podcasts. It was him, him, Stephen Merchant, and um, what's his name? Carl Pilkington. Uh, he's a funny guy. Yeah, no. When you see the uh, the one, Idiot the abroad. funniest one was when he uh, he was out on the boat and I was catching the crabs and he got seasick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, things like that just happen because there's real life stuff that's just really, really funny. I could just imagine. Well, to a funny little story about being seasick. So Gary, we went to South Africa, uh, me, Gary, Fife, and uh, we went out there. God, it was one of my last visits there. And uh, we went to Hanspire, which is near Cape Twelve, which we drove up from Cape Town to then we'd done a shark dive, Great Whites. And it was quite expensive, in fairness, to, the, you know, to, to fly into Cape Town and book the shark dives, but we got there and we... And they said, it's really choppy out there. And you've got to, you know, this is the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, so we put the west, we got there, and we're going out these massive waves. And they said, to the, they said, it's quite deep here, and it's really choppy, but it'll calm down out there when we get to the shallows, which is where the great whites hunt the seals. Yeah. And when we, when we got there, it started to, you know, we, we anchored up and it started to rock a bit. And then I said, where's Gary? And there he was. Laid down hmm. flat on the front of the boat, and uh, he was like in a terrible, terrible. He never, so he paid my money to go out there. 
He never even got a wetsuit on. He laid there being sick continuously the whole time he was there. Jesus and I felt Christ. really bad. And I did go to him a couple of times. I said, come on, mate, look, you're all the way out in South Africa. Just just come in the cage, you know, just get a wetsuit. He's like, no. And they said, he said, how much longer is left? I said, it's all right. We've only got another four hours. <laughs> you are. And it was just... I ended up the rest of the trip calling him Captain Gaz. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever had seasickness? Uh, yes. I remember when we was at school. Uh, we went on a school trip and we went to Paris. And on the way out, it was rough. We couldn't even get on the boat on the way out. So we got kids singing in the coach and that, like going to sleep, doing stuff, picking up all the weak kids, you know, all that sort of stuff. And because uh, we were completely old bastards when we were younger. Yeah. And, uh, when did that change? <laughs> I always remember the teacher said to us, don't bring back any bangers or knives. Fucking knives. So, you know, we weren't allowed to do We used to buy flick combs. Do you remember them? Yeah, the flick, flick combs, combs, yeah. We used to be able to get them in France. Don't bring back any flick combs. I mean, you would have got away with it because they used to sh- try and shit us up and say, you know they're going to come on check the, they never fucking check school coaches no, no. I could have been running gear like <laughs> running like, do, gear do you know what I mean I could have been like proper making it happen when I was younger you know but I didn't have the insight then so so anyway again I'm digressing so we we went out to Paris and it was really rough on the way out but on the way back it was like a false nine gal and it was just like there was puke everywhere on the people who are trying to run and put their hands on doors and put their hands in puke because people weren't making it and just oh, projectile yeah. vomiting over the glass and the doors and it was on the floor people fucking slipping over and I remember the smell of it it's fucking I remember it like it was yesterday but that's the one time I was seasick and yeah it was horrendous but I was only about 13 so but I remember that so bad but you know, as I've got older, I've done a... Because you obviously know I lived in France, you know, I was over my dad and we had the antique business. And so I was coming to and fro from Portsmouth to Brittany and, and I've done that, you know, for a couple of years when I was living out there. So doing that journey and getting used to the movement, I don't actually really get seasick anymore. But I've always sort of avoided going out wreck fishing or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought, fuck that, I don't want to be stuck out at the sea for 10 hours feeling like I'm pissed and being sick. It's not a good feeling. So, no. What about we you? Were, you seen this or? No, I've not. Uh, I, ha- I have had it many years ago, but uh, not for a long time. And we about two years ago, and on a boat deep sea fishing trip, Chris Ogden came, and uh, he takes tablets and stuff. They didn't work this time, and he got sick, and he spent, from the moment we left the docks, from the moment we pulled back in, lead at the front of the boat, being sick. Didn't fish at all. Nine and a half hours. It's horrible. Fucking horrendous. Fuck that. Why would you oh. put yourself through that? Oh, but then every other time he's been fished, absolutely brilliant. So, yeah. I also get if you you're a passenger in a car and you stop trying to read. Yeah, I can't do that. Oh my yeah. god, that makes my brother can't even be a passenger in a car. Like even if he's not reading, he can't go far. He'd, he'd be feeling sick. Well, it's like also I don't go on the things that either go Alton Towers or something. The ones that spin round fast, I avoid them. Because I just know that it's going to be... I mean, I don't really have that problem because of, I mean, a paraglider, skydiver, base jump. So I don't really have that motion sickness. I've had it a couple of times paragliding. I felt a little bit queasy, but then I sort of fly through it a little bit. 
but I guess you're in control, so that probably makes a difference. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. Other than that, no, I don't really. Travel sickness is vile, isn't it? Just any sickness is vile. Yeah, I guess nausea. so. Nausea yeah, no, no nausea is nice, is it? Definitely not. I remember what kicked up the bollocks once. Kicked up the bollocks. Proper. Not in the bollocks. You got talking, kicked up the bollocks. One of my best friends at school, Mark Cheeseman, and we was in the gym, and we was playing football, and I used to be able to shield the ball quite well, so I shielded the ball, and I think he just got the bollock cake, and he booted me full pelt from behind, up the bollocks, up the nads from behind, and fucking hell, I was in a wheelchair for a month. My nuts swelled up the hell. size of a fucking melon. I swear to God, if they could have took away the pain and left the swelling, it would have been amazing. Fucking but like, hell. Yeah, but he, in the punishment, his mum made him push me around the wheelchair for three weeks. I didn't think I was going to be have kids. There's that oh, bad. Fuck me, you made proper, up for that. Proper, <laughs> proper knocked me nuts out. Big yeah, time. I bet it fucking did. God, in a wheelchair. It was bad news. But yeah, they fucking went blue. I mean, like blue, like a blue melon. They gave me this thing to put on it. A like blue a, melon. It was like a fucking onion bag that they, they put around like a jockstrap type thing to support them. Oh, it's a horrendous time. It sounds fucking awful. Well, I did think that I was going to be in fun one day, you know, but... Yeah, it yeah. sounds absolutely awful, mate, to be fair. It's a, that's a true story. I was about... Well, I'm glad you're not lying on the podcast, because that'd be shit. <laughs> I'm glad they're true stories, mate, definitely. No matter how yeah. shit they are, if we could just make sure that they're true, yeah, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I right. can't remember a bad time being kicked in the bullets. I've had a couple of kicks sparring and stuff, and not like wheelchair banged or anything. That, that put me in a chair. Yeah, that's fucking naughty, that. <sighs> that pain you get in your stomach, mm. I had that for about two weeks. Yeah, naughty, that, mate. You're a proper hypochondriac, aren't you? And you're a single, you're an only child. So you're a proper drama queen. <laughs> so. Let me turn you from behind and kick you out the bollocks. No, that no. Like, I, don't I, mean, like, I don't know if you can kick someone up. I don't know if you can kick someone up the bollocks either. No, you can kick them in the upward, bollocks. Upward motion. And they sh- so they in sh- the bollocks. The, the, imagine that part of your foot, what David Beckham broke, the metatar- Imagine that full pelt with a body weight knocking them up against the bone I mean that's naughty yeah but I still in the bollocks not up the bollocks <laughs> you can kick up the asshole <laughs> we can. it was a motion it went up I'm clapping my hand like because yeah. it was like I don't want to talk about it now actually because it's really oh, I'm glad you've been really descriptive before you decided <laughs> to stop talking about it yeah it's bad times so if anyone ever listens to this you went to school with me and we play football and stuff they remember it because it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my kicked up the bollocks story. Yeah, I don't have a at the bollocks. I don't really have one to to combat with. To be fair, not a bollock one. I can't think of. Yeah. When we kicked in the face, loads of sparring and stuff, but <laughs> not up the bollocks. Kicked up the face. <laughs> kicked up the balls. Kicked out the balls, yeah. I can't yeah. fucking think of it. It felt the bollocks. Like going up. I thought that was inside. No, they might have been going up, but you can't be kicked up the bollocks, I don't think. No, definitely not. It is a bad one being kicked in the nuts. <laughs> it would have been kicked in the vagina. It hurts, it hurts. It hurts when someone flicks them for a laugh or something like that, doesn't it? You know? 
or just goes past you and gives you the old back flick with a hand. Like, you know. Yeah, on the tip. Like, flicking like, the tip really hurts me like or just catching one nut or I've had <laughs> someone someone passing catching guard punch it yeah. yeah. oh. like just a little flick on the ball oh, oh. man and it hurts in your asshole <laughs> <laughs> get a little whack on the nut in your asshole's agony I don't understand <laughs> don't understand it at all you get that mixed feeling of agony and guilt <laughs> You know, in the pit or something like that, that guilt feeling, you don't even know what, what you're guilty about. You don't even have the bollocks and you're guilty about it. Yeah. How did we get yeah. this? How did we oh, get this? It was you, definitely. <laughs> Why do we whistle normal? You kicked in the... You noticed that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh fucking hell. It's oh. a bad, bad point, isn't it? Like when you when you start talking about the nuts and that. Oh, oh. the family get me in the family jewels. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. <coughs> oh man, so well, this is a we're going to do an hour, a, about hour a, and fifteen. That, that was a good ending, that actually. Wasn't I it? think that's the place to end it. The guilty up the bollocks story. <laughs> I think uh, it's my birthday. We're going to get that in. Um, we got an hour and 15 in. We said that this was going to be a short one. We haven't spoke for a little while. Um, so, yeah, I think unless there's anything else that you want to chat about, I think we can wrap this one up, can we? Yeah. Yeah, plus I've got to get up for work in the morning. Yeah, exactly. I haven't. I have got to do a bit of work tomorrow, so I'll go and price a job. You've got to go and price that job for that woman that he's meant to price today. Today, yeah. The putting the thing wrong. Putting the diary wrong. Yeah. That one? Yeah. Which, the one that you probably blew off knew you was meant to do no, it. No, 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 I didn't, honestly. No, I didn't. So, I, I don't like that. I just think you just go and price it. It's not hard work, is it? So, I wouldn't do that. But I honestly thought it was t- tomorrow. But it makes sense. Why would I book her in for a quote on my birthday? But I'm going to go and do that well, in the morning well, that, anyway. That 11 95 o'clock. year old woman you've gone around. Nah, happy yeah, she needs a whole garden done. No, it's, it's for a doctor's children. It's 10 grand. No, it's While they're there, do you want any example glazing? In case people come around and burger you, because it's been happening around here now. Give them a nice third-party story about how dangerous it is in Bristol. It's just so you can sell them some windows. <laughs> Who do you think I work for? <laughs> no, that's what my dad works for. Is it? Uh, not anymore. You did. He works in Nissan now. Yeah, he was like the Nissan, training from Everest yeah. to Nissan. Well, he was a he's a sales trainer, isn't he? So he teaches people how to sell. And he used to teach people how to sell windows for Everest. And now he works for Nissan. But no, I don't sell fucking windows nice now. But yeah, so anyway, I've got to go and do that quote tomorrow. Put a fence up or repair a fence. Or I don't know what it is. But yeah, so I've got to go and quote that tomorrow. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, we could sign this off. We're an hour and 15 in. I think that's a nice little one. People would listen to that, I think. Breaks up their lunchtime or something for them. Gives them that feeling in the pit of their stomach at the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah, and we'll get together soon. Hopefully it's not going to be as long. Well, within the next month, we'll be back on this again. Oh, we've got UFC. Maybe we should have a little quick chat. Nads in the UFC Saturday. Oh, UFC, yeah. it's the England UFC this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Tomorrow. So Nads fighting there for his third fight in the UFC this weekend. Um, trained with him early in his fight camp. He went out to Alpha Male. He came back. I trained with him this week. Um, looks great shape. Super sharp. 
So really looking forward to that. I'd like to see him get a finish. Um, Jack Marshman and John Phillips. Jack Marshman? The Welsh middleweights. Jack Marshman? I've got a feeling that Jack Marshman was Glenn, who used to be a volunteer at Imperial. He now lives in Kent. He's old Bill now, mind. Oh, so, fucking yeah, hell. So he actually went to West Ham. We played Newcastle last week and I took him to the corporate as a corporate client uh, yeah. into the... And we beat them 2-0, which was good. Just put that in now. 2-0 defeat of the Georgies. So, so how does that... Well, he used to be in the Marines. All right, yeah. The, no, the Paras. Paras, yeah. And Jack Marshman was in... With him, he was a he is a power. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. So and he was telling me about Jack Marsh saying, "Oh, he's, he said he's an MMA fighter. But he's really good, and I think he's going to be really good." So obviously he did. He's good. good. Um, no, he's good. Jack's been good for a while. So he's fighting John Phillips. Is he? Yeah, that the, the, I, the white I think Jack, yeah, I think Jack will take him down. So John's lost his last two fights. The first one he got dominated through wrestling, dominated and choked. The second one, it was a bit of a. I think he lost the second one. Lost the decision. A bit more round, but a wrestler still took him down a few times and stuff. So, I don't think Jack will stand in trade with him. I think Jack will take him down. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Darren Till and George Masvidal. Yeah, so, that's the main right. event. It's a good fight. Um, I can't think who else on. Oh, Mark Dykiesi and... Um, what's the name? Beat Conor McGregor. Irish. Joe Duffy. That's a good fight. I yeah, think I, I want to see a John Phillips fight. Because having, obviously, you know, he was training with him, weren't yeah. you? We, we used to go and watch him a lot. What are we doing Saturday? Oh, you're busy Saturday anyway, aren't you? Yeah. I was just thinking I could have maybe come up to yours and I could have watched the UFC with you. But A, you don't live anywhere. So that would make it hard. I live in hotels because I'm always yeah. on the road. Always on the road. You're like a, like the world's shittiest travelling... A travelling assassin, basically, is what I am. Fucking hell. The only thing you can kill is a conversation. (laughs) As this podcast surely highlights. But no, UFC this weekend, so it'd be good. So I'd like to get another one in nice and quick. I'm going to recap it with somebody else probably before by the time we see you next. But let's get together tomorrow and speak to Molly and see what when we can get this meerkat thing done. Um, Because then... I don't know whether I'll do Molly on her own or whether you'll jump in on it as well and be a three-way. What, just so, be like a nosy, like sort of one of them people that gets annoyingly butting in the conversations? Yeah, very much just be yourself then, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't know, but either way, um, yeah, let's speak to Molly tomorrow and get that in the books and set a date. Okay, wicked. Otherwise, great to do one again. It's been too long and I'll get this one put out and we will get together soon. Okay. Peace out.